0: Isn't it great to get carried away with worshipping Jesus so that you don't want to stop? I don't know how you're feeling right now, but that's how I am. Come on, let's just stand for a moment in God's presence, shall we? Let's just stand together. Let's just welcome the Holy Spirit. Let's welcome him as... as I just share the Word of God with you. Let's just be saturated. Let's just take a drink right now or breathe it in as we were just singing in that song. Let's just breathe them in. Holy Spirit, come and do what you want to do. Thank you, Lord. We're just in awe of you. We're just in awe of your presence right now, Lord. Lord, when we encounter you, the questions just get answered, <laughs> not with logic and reason, but by presence. Oh, Father, fall afresh on us. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Wow. Praise you, Lord. I'm really struggling to move on right now. So let's just pause here for a bit longer. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you, Lord. Just speak freedom in this place. Healing in this place. Encounter, redirection. Thank you, Father. Wonderful, Lord. It's like you can't wait, Lord. You you can't wait to burst in on us. It's just such a pregnancy about your presence, Father, and we want to just be responsive to you. Wonderful, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. It's just tinges of his glory here right now. And as we often say, when his glory is here, anything can happen. So if you need healing right now, if you need a touch from God, just put your hand up and allow him to touch you. So Holy Spirit, just come, bring healing, bring restoration, freedom. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful, Lord. Whew. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Amen. Well, please do take your seats. I think we're going to get a bit more of that as we go along. Keep drinking, keep breathing in. Well, if you don't, if you might die, so it's probably good if you do. Uh, we're still trying to recover from a conference that we had called The God of Miracles. We don't ever want to be the same, do we? And uh, so we have shelved our preaching program at the moment because we just felt it was important to comment on what God is doing and just especially press into some of those key messages. And the thing I really feel drawn to is that aspect of centering on the presence of God, just being responsive to him and that amazing connection that we are discovering more and more that out of the presence of God, out of his manifest presence come the miracles. And um, so we just want to camp around that for a bit and see what God wants to do uh, with us, but just feel very excited about what God's doing. It's, it seems like almost every day at the moment I'm hearing more miracle stories of what God is doing amongst us. And If you keep your ear to the ground, you'll catch some of those too, because God is working in an amazing way amongst us. I'll tell you some of those stories as we... Go on. And oh, it's so great to hear Simon speaking last week, wasn't it? That wonderful message he brought us from the Old Testament uh, about how the people of Israel were led by the presence of God, by the cloud in the daytime, by the fire at night. I mean, who wouldn't want that kind of guidance? Wouldn't that be amazing? And how they were surrounded and protected by the presence of God in a time of threat and crisis. And finally, how God ordered the camp around his presence. So people, we want you to camp around the presence of God, the tabernacle of his presence. And we have just had that wonderful picture of the cross in that. That that's how God caused the people to be laid out, focused on the presence of God. In a picture, the shape of the cross. Wonderful illustration for us. Everyone lived and breathed and worshipped around that encampment. I mean, why would you want it any other way? Uh, What other feature of our gathering together as the people of God would we want to make us distinctive other than his manifest presence? What else would you want? There's no other distinctive I can see worth going for. So I want to continue in this theme and take us into the New Testament Because there's even more for us in the New Testament, because through the cross, because of Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, we are brought into an even greater intimacy because we are made presence carriers. I want to talk about being presence carriers today, and I believe that this message is a call to to all of us to live in the world radically as presence carriers that change the world. So just a small subject today. Presence carriers that change the world, because we are being made presence carriers. So I want to take you through this, but I want you to keep your ears open for that calling, that commissioning that I believe God has for us to be presence carriers. And it starts with Jesus. It starts with Jesus, who was announced by the angel in the book of Matthew with this astounding revelation. They will call him Emmanuel." God with us, Emmanuel. I mean, just this revelation shows us God is no longer in a box. (laughs) He's no longer in a box, but he's in a man. Through one miraculous birth, our access is no longer governed by ceremonial laws and regulations. We're no longer distant because God came to earth in the man, Jesus, and he came Very close. He identified himself completely with us and yet he was completely God. Jesus was the very first presence carrier. He was the prototype man, a living, breathing temple of the presence of God with us. God amongst the people. Actually, not just his people, but all people. You know, Jesus, he walked and he moved. And as he did amongst people, the actual presence of God went with him and was tangibly demonstrated and experienced by all around him. Now, the miracles would just break out wherever he was. This was happen, This would happen simply because Jesus entered the room. You know, a lady starts to cry. She breaks a box of perfume over him. Her tears wash his feet. She dries his feet with her hair. She doesn't see the scowls of those around her. She doesn't care about their legalistic and religious judgment because for her, in that one profound moment of encounter, only Jesus exists. Only her act of worship in the presence, the actual presence of God matters to her. As she reconnects with the God who made her in that moment. He just entered the room. He enters the synagogue and it turns out the demons go there too. A man cries out because the presence of the Holy God makes them very uncomfortable. Because they don't like to be where he is. Leave him. Jesus commands, the demons shake the man and come out with a shriek. They run for terror as far away as they can get from him, from his presence, from the place where Jesus has just entered. They can't cope with it. Even the whole region is affected. When Jesus crosses the lake, he visits the Gerasenes and he sets a man free. And the people of that place are so terrified by the power they witness through Jesus' ministry. They say, please leave us. Leave our town. Leave our region. Please go somewhere else. We cannot cope with you being so close to us. Can you imagine? I mean, can you imagine that? Leave Sully Hole, Jubilee. Leave Sully Hole. Leave the West Midlands. The presence that you carry is disturbing us. Do you think that's possible? Do you think that God can inhabit his people to such an extent it even affects the town? It even affects the neighborhood and the region? Wherever Jesus went, he carried the presence of his Father, so sickness would leave people. <laughs> because of what he carried. Others would repent from their sins as they encounter him. The dead would be raised because his very presence pulsated with life from a kingdom where there was no death, no sickness, no crying, no pain, no death. Jesus was the perfect messenger carrier, God with us, God in him, the father working through him. You know, in the Old Testament, God lived around his people. He, he was ahead of them. He even went behind them. His people were surrounded. But he couldn't come near them. Because as he says on one occasion to Moses, I'm afraid that if I come near you, my holiness will break out on you and you will all be killed. <laughs> Do you realize how powerful his holiness is? Without Jesus, we wouldn't be able to stand in his presence. Because he's a holy God. But we're in the New Testament and we have this revelation, this wonderful revelation that he lives with us. (laughs) More than that, he lives within us. Just as we see in Jesus that God is living tangibly and actually in all reality with his people. Though even for the disciples, there was some confusion about this. And so one day in John 14, Philip says to Jesus, can you show us the Father? Can we see the invisible God? Can we actually see him? We'd like to have a look and see what he's like. And Jesus says, look, anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? There it is. Jesus says the Father is in me and I am in him and we are united together in this mission. He goes on to say it's the Father in me who's doing the work. Showing us that the works Jesus did came from the Father's presence living within him. And he says, if you don't believe what I'm saying, if you can't get your head around it, it's okay. At least believe on the evidence of the miracles that happen all around me. He says, You've, he says you don't have to believe what I say. Just look at the miracles. They come out of my presence. They just happen out of me. Look at the miracles all around me. You've been with me. You've seen me. Stuff happens. That's him that's the father that's what he looks like that's his presence that's his work through me if you want to see the father look at me but look at what i do look what happens and so jesus in these words gives us the key to the miracles he performed he says it's all about the father It's about his presence being manifest through me. It's how I make the blind to see. It's how the deaf hear, the dead are raised. Because I and my father are one. We are perfectly united. God is here. He's here. Anything can happen. But this isn't just Jesus' key to miraculous. It's ours too. It goes on at the end of John 14, verse 12 actually. he says, very truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the miracles that I've been doing. And you'll do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. You see, Jesus wasn't to be the only presence carrier on the earth, the one-man ministry forever. That was never the plan. He was returning to the Father. Why? So that everyone who believes in him, those who were with him, those who come after him, would do the same things as him and greater things. Because in his return to the Father, there was to be a phenomenal release of power that would enable a multiplication of presence carriers. who would go throughout the whole world making disciples in this model and change the world forever. Yes. That's the picture. Yes. Come on. That's what it's about. You know, there have been all kinds of debates over the years about how miracles happen. You know, some have made it, it's about prayer. Prayer is really important. Okay? Some have made it about doctrine. Well, teaching doctrine's important. Or some have made it about the man or the woman. And they've written books about their lives and we've studied their lives avidly looking for clues. And this is all good stuff, and it's helpful, but we've missed the one most important thing that is all about being connected to him. It's all about being his presence carriers. It's all about ministering from that place, from out of the glory of that presence. That's what it's about. If you want to see miracles, just get connected to him and live from that place. It's not about techniques. You know, we need to stop making it all so complicated. (laughs) Stop making it so exclusive. It's only for the really special people. No, it's about you and me being full of God and his presence. Miracles come from the presence of God. And this is where Jesus makes this astounding promise that we all pretend isn't in the Bible. Honestly, because it's troublesome. Listen to this. Verse 13 of John 14 says, And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son, just in case you missed it, he goes on, you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. I will do it. Now, there's some problems with that, aren't there? I mean, I can't get my head around that. I can't quite work that out. What does that really mean, Jesus? What kind of things does that mean? What, what sort of things should we be asking for? Because I can't even ask the things that that would mean. It's beyond my imagination. It's beyond my ability. To comprehend, I will do whatever you ask of me, because I'm going back to the Father. I don't think we have quite grasped this, do you? We haven't quite stepped into the realization of this, have we? But you know, when we carry God on the inside, we can have anything we ask of him. From that place of intimacy, from that place of unity with the Father, anything can happen. And I feel that that's something that God has done amongst us in these last few weeks. He's made it much bigger. The possibilities are bigger because of what he's shown us in recent weeks. I was saying to Simon this week, I said... I don't know about you, but I feel a bit like that time when you go from primary school to secondary school, everything's suddenly bigger. It feels a bit scary and vulnerable. I don't know all the rules of this new place, but we're definitely in this bigger place. He shifted, he shifted us. I don't get it all, I don't understand it all. I feel like we're just beginning on something. And I don't even think I understand it enough to be able to teach you. (laughs) But what I do know is that the closer we are to him, the more of the impossible we're able to see. But it starts with us being devoted presence carriers. That's where it starts. Which is what Jesus is all about. He's about multiplying presence carriers. John 14, again, he says, if we just keep loving him and just learn to obey him and do what he says, he says, the father will send, verse 16, another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. Jesus goes on, he says, he's someone who the world doesn't know, they they don't even recognize him. But verse 17, you know him because he lives with you. He's speaking to his disciples The one who's in me. He says he lives with you and he will be in you. And he's called, his name is the spirit of truth. And Jesus is talking about an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the very presence of the living God living in us and through us. And he's telling us, this is what it looks like. I haven't got time to go into the whole passage. He says, it looks like love. That's what it looks like. His presence in us looks like love because God is love. And the Holy Spirit is liquid love. It looks like love. It's the ultimate revelation of his presence, love. In us and through us. And that through him, Jesus tells us, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit will come and make his home in each of us. In each of us who love and obey him. John 14 verse 23, in case you think I'm making it up. He, the living God, will make his home in us. Just like the disciples saw in Jesus, just like I and my father are one in us, living, making their home. That means he's making his home. Can you grasp what that means? He's at home with us. He's at home in you. He's got his slippers on. He's sitting there. He's enjoying being with you. That's what it means. I and my father are one. We are good friends. We love hanging out together. Oh, oh! you say, well, all he's talking about is getting filled with the Holy Spirit again. Yes, that's all I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) But guys, don't let's get too over familiar with this teaching. Don't get over familiar with how revolutionary and life changing this is for us. Do you know, we heard it years ago. Oh, I did that, got that, got the T-shirt. No, you haven't, you've not even started. You've hardly begun, because you're not seeing the outflow. You're not seeing the miracles yet. But that's what happens. That's what comes as a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Am I getting anybody here? Through the infilling of the Holy Spirit, God literally makes his home in us. We become his temple, just like Jesus, his mobile presence carriers, wherever we are and wherever we go. Do you realize who lives in you? Do you know the potential that is living inside of you? The same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead. We sing that song. He lives in you. The same resurrection power. Do you know when Jesus was raised from the dead, there was so much power released that a whole load of random graves got opened at the same time, all over the place. Such was the impact of that power. And we would just like to see one person raised from the dead. The same spirit that lives in you. How much power is in you? God is with us and he is in us. And this is how we do the works of Jesus. This is how we do miracles because God lives in us by the Holy Spirit. And we minister to others, not through formulas, not through arguments, not through perfect doctrine with every eye dotted and every T crossed. You know, some of the greatest miracles that have happened in the world have, have happened through people that hardly know the Bible. <laughs> Wasn't it great hearing surprise talking about, Planting dozens of churches, hundreds of churches with only one verse that he knew from the Bible. Only one verse. Do you know how powerful what you have is to do the works of Jesus? It's not about dotting every I and crossing every T. It's a liberal dispensation. And that's not a doctrinal statement here. (laughs) A liberal dispensation of his presence through us. The disciples were presence carriers, you know. They got it. They saw it in Jesus and they got it. That's how they worked miracles after the day of Pentecost. The book of Acts is full of the acts of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) The manifestations of the presence of God working through the hands of the apostles, just like Jesus showed them. They got to practice around Jesus. Isn't that lovely? But then they got to do it themselves. So Peter and John, they're going about their business one day, off to the temple to pray when a disabled man cries out to them for money because he's got no ability to work and earn for himself. He's unable to walk. And Peter, because he's a church pastor, has got no money on him. In those days, we've got it sorted now. He turns to the man and he speaks to him from within the name of Jesus. He speaks to him from within. I want you to try and get this. From within the name of Jesus. And that's where he lives, you see. He's in Christ. He speaks from within that place of his presence. And as he speaks from that place, he commands the man to get up and walk, which he does. To speak in the name of Jesus is not a formula or a magic spell. It's a place of occupation. It's a place of authority. It's a place from where we operate. From within the name of Jesus I speak to you. We speak from within that name. I I can't even explain it any better than that. (laughs) You feel it. You know where you are. I am in that name covered in that name and this is true to such an extent and I could show you loads of verses you can do a study of Acts if you want so many times when miracles happen they don't even say in the name of Jesus receive the Holy Spirit they all get filled with the Holy Spirit (laughs) get up walk yeah, read it yourself you know Peter lived in such an atmosphere of the presence of God by the Holy Spirit this says in one place that the people would lay the sick out on the streets as he passed by because even his shadow was infused with power from the anointing he lived under and they would all be healed and delivered of demons How's that for being a presence carrier? Even your shadow is infused with power. Paul, similarly. At one time, the glory of the presence was so tangible around Paul that even the handkerchiefs or items of clothing that had inadvertently touched his skin, it seems, become infused with the presence of God so that when they are taken to the sick, kind of glowing with the glory... The sick are healed and demons leave. Can you imagine that? Acts 19, 12. These men were presence carriers who knew how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit to release miraculous power so that heaven would come and miracles would happen all around them just like it did for Jesus. This is what we're called to do. One person agrees with me. This is what you are called to do. This is how we are called to live. The same spirit in us. Stuff's meant to happen around you. And I'm not condemning you. I just want to give you a revelation. That's what's meant to happen. And here we talk about the church. The church is the corporate presence carrier for the world. God's corporate dwelling place on earth. It's His body. You can't say, I like God, I like Jesus, I don't like the church because they're one and the same. His body, we are His body on earth. Did you know that? Somebody needed that revelation. His temple, we are being built together on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus at its cornerstone. His temple. That's what the church is, the dwelling place for his presence here on earth. You know, the church must be the corporate presence carrier on earth for the sake of the whole world. The church must be empowered with the Holy Spirit and see miracles because of who dwells there. Otherwise, can it really be a church? Controversial, okay. But I really believe it. That as we come together week to week, that we are right to expect people to get healed like a couple of weeks ago. That's not just a couple of weeks ago. Last week somebody got set free. Somebody else got healed. Every time we gather together, somebody's going to get healed here today. It will happen because his presence is here. That's what I believe. It's right to expect that people should expect to come to the church and get direction for their lives. People should come here and they'll grow because of the word of God amongst us. That's right to expect, to experience all that is in heaven, joy, love and peace amongst us. Because God dwells here by his presence. For there to be a living, breathing, manifestation of his presence every time we meet and wherever we meet. Sometimes I wonder what will happen in the coffee shop when I meet some of you. What's going to happen? Because the church is here right now. Stuff's going to happen in this place. What's your expectation? What kind of church are you wanting to be a part of? But I don't think that this happens automatically I'm going to be controversial again or in every place. Now as the years go by, I'm increasingly convinced that how we build church together determines whether God's presence lives in that church or whether he just visits every now and again. And this is because God's glory, his manifest presence doesn't fill a void, it has to fill something. Something. You know, our people who are the foundation stones and the pillars of our churches need to be taught, for instance, about who they are in Christ. What the church is all about. We need to be clear on the work of the Spirit. We need this information, this understanding and revelation. Key teachings, foundational structures so that we can grow together to contain the work of God. And then the glory comes. His presence rests among us. We create an atmosphere where miracles can happen. You know, my expectation is that lives will be changed because God is here. That is my expectation. It's kind of wonder what happened today. I come to church thinking, I wonder what's gonna happen today. I say, Holy Spirit, what are we gonna do today? That's my expectation. When we started the church back in 2010, we literally did this. We took around three years or so laying foundations. We covered all the key teachings and everything the Holy Spirit led us to do. It's funny because I thought, I'll just do a one-off on healing. And I ended up doing it for six or eight weeks. because I thought, oh, the Holy Spirit wants us to keep talking about this. We did everything the Holy Spirit led us to do, and then we looked at the culture of the church because we realized that core beliefs get worked out in behaviors. And you can have the greatest beliefs, if, but if you don't have a comprehension of what the behavior is in accordance with that belief, you can completely wreck anything that God wants to do. If we don't treat each other well, if we don't honor one another, if we don't love one another, you can have great teaching, but you can have no presence. So, what we have here and what we experience is as a result of that hard work early on. And I believe that we are a church founded in the presence of God, built around his presence, and that we're also learning how to host his presence well. But it's because of important decisions that were made early on. But we're not there yet. This is just the beginning. It needs cultivating, it needs maintaining, it needs to be built upon, it needs even to be extended as we grow. And as others are added in amongst us who haven't been part of our longer journey, we need to help them to come into what God has been doing amongst us. Because we want to be a presence-carrying church, full of presence-carrying people. You can't have one without the other. So my question to you is, are you one of them? And are you prepared to be one of them? Because <laughs> that's what I want. I'll go to another church otherwise. I, I don't want to be part of something that's dead and dying. I want us to be living, vibrant, spirit-filled, God-loving, pursuing people that change the world. Come on. Come on. Are you are with me? Yeah. Oh, I'm getting excited. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! <sighs> If you're serious about that, it means that we need to be living as presence carriers. Guys, if you are, then I don't need to tell you, you'll find out whether it's true. Because just like for Jesus and his disciples, stuff will just happen around you. Conversations will take place that surprise you. Why are they talking to me about this? People would just tell you things, and you don't know why they're telling you, but there's something about you and about what you carry that they just have to tell you. I've seen it time and time again. People just pour their problems out, and I'm just thinking, hold on a minute, I'm busy. (laughs) (laughs) It'll just happen. Some will even get uncomfortable around you or even react to you. I've seen this in the workplace. There's two people in particular who couldn't bear to be around me. And I think I'm all right. I'm not that bad a guy. But there was something in me that they reacted to. And even when I sat down to try and talk it through with one of the ladies, she said, I don't know why, but you just make me feel really uneasy. And I said, well, I'm not after your job. I don't want to intimidate you. I want to encourage you. and want to help you to be a success. But she felt threatened. And I know it was because of what I was carrying. She needed, she needed to be set free. Sometimes the arguments and the difficulties, personal relationship issues that you have in your workplace, in your family, in your community, are nothing to do with you. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers and the workers of evil. Do you know who you carry? Don't you know who I am? <laughs> Some may even burst into tears in your presence and not know why. So Trev and I met I met a friend of Trev's on Thursday. Wednesday, I don't know. And Trev did as usual, hey, this is Rob. He's the pastor of the church. Rob, tell him about some miracles that have been happening. <laughs> oh, hi, I'm Rob, and yeah. I start telling him some of the stories of some of the things that God's doing amongst us, and within moments he's burst into tears. This big, strong, tough man who doesn't know jesus yet we end up then in a a longer conversation then he and i end up together for a long period of time because we're waiting for something else to happen and he says to me why do you believe what you believe has this stuff always been happening have you always seen these kinds of things and by the end of the conversation i'm saying look for me religion isn't just a crutch It's my whole life. I cannot survive without Jesus. But then who would want that, he said. Who would want to live a life without God, he said. If what you've said is true, who would want? I said, I think you need to do the Alpha course. (laughs) People can't keep silent around you when you're a presence carrier because there's something that you have that they need. The world needs life. It needs hope. People need to be forgiven. And you carry that. You carry the Father. Just like Jesus. So we need to be presence carriers. I think that means two things. If we're going to live at the overflow of God's presence... And so I'm just going to share those two things. I'm going to try and bring it in for a landing. Number one, it's about prioritizing the presence of God. You know, prioritizing the presence of God in our corporate worship, our times together, it's a great place to start. We can train one another. We can help one another to understand that. It's a great place to start. But if this doesn't happen for each of us in private, it means that we have some great meetings, but we have little sustainability for the long term. (laughs) That's what it means. Uh, it means that corporate, corporate encounter alone means that we build a church that feels like a weekly conference rather than a sustainable, presence-carrying local church. You know what I mean? You know, it, it, what it means is that Sunday might be a high, but for the rest of the week, you struggle to get through the next few days because you need your next Holy Spirit fix on Sunday. Uh, we're not trying to build like that. Each of us needs to have a deepening of our water level individually. We need to learn how to drink ourselves to get filled throughout the week so that when we come together, we meet one another out of the overflow of what God is doing rather than our lack or insufficiency. I mean, what would church be like if that happened? If everybody came bursting full of the Holy Spirit, we would have a problem here. Because people would be queuing up with all the stories of what God's done this week. That's how I know that this is happening. This week, you won't believe what happened. And we'll all say, yeah, well, I've got a story just like that yeah, I prayed for this person, I was on my way to the shops, this lame man, this man who lives on the streets, cried out for money, I had this conversation with him, then the Holy Spirit burst out of me, and I said, get up, Jesus makes you well. And he got up, and he walked, and it was amazing. And then somebody else got get up and say, well, I was somewhere in my workplace, this woman started screaming at me, i just arrived there. And I realized that she was demonized, awkward. So I just blessed her and tried to carry on with my work, but she wouldn't leave me alone. Guys, this has happened to me. I was walking through Birmingham City Centre. A lady shouts at me, screams, tries to get hold of me and put her hands around my throat. That's happened twice. I don't go to Birmingham anymore. (laughs) And I said, this is my day off. No, thank you. And I kept walking. If you are a presence carrier, stuff's going to happen. Maybe you don't want to be one there. (laughs) It's about prioritizing the presence of God in our personal lives and making him the reference point for all that we say and do. It's something like due north to the compass. See, God's presence might be central in the thought of many, but it also needs to be in practice. Things like, how do you start your day? How do you finish it? When you lay down at night, what is your last thought? When you wake up in the morning, who is your first thought? In decisions you take, how much sway do you give to his presence? Is he with you? Can you feel his pleasure in where you're going and in what you're doing? Have you cultivated that sensitivity to him? Are you willing to? People say, oh, I'm not that kind of personality. It's okay for you. No, it isn't. It's about years in the secret place of cultivating his presence. Years. It's not just a personality thing. It's a pursuit thing. I just want to break that off for you. If you think, oh, it's just him. It's just his personality. This is for everybody. In your rest times, do you involve him? There's a good one. I was having a rest time. <laughs> I thought, oh, I've got this appointment at 10 o'clock, um, so I'll just have a couple, uh, you know, a few minutes in God's presence. And I, I did something fatal. I put on a soaking tape. You know what that is? I've never used one before. I was there for two hours, and I thought, must be. Turn it off. Got to get to my appointment. <laughs> presence of God just came so quickly. And it was on the day off. Isn't that beautiful? He loves to hang out with you when you're on a day off. When you're not busy. Am I, am I getting through to you? Do you worship alone ever? Do you spend time just sitting and waiting in his presence? You know, recalibrating your heart to this priority changes everything and it will definitely make you a presence carrier. Secondly, it's about embracing a lifestyle of risk. Firstly, prioritizing his presence. Secondly, embracing a lifestyle of risk. It might be a surprise to you for me to add this here, but presence carriers feel the tug of the father's heart for those around them. And you will find a compulsion to step out and step up into places that you've never been before because he lives in you. His presence in us, you see, is not a passive thing. It's a powerful person. He's a powerful person. And the knowledge of this means that you'll want to step out and go where he goes. His presence, it's not going to be about obligation or guilt or I ought to or I must. No, his presence compels us. And in that, he gives us courage to step out too. You know, when you do this, when you step out, you'll get stories and there will be miracles, I guarantee. Did you hear that? There will be miracles. Some people complain to me that they've not seen a healing, they've never seen a miracle. And I often feel like saying, but I'm much too pastoral to say this, but I'll say it to you now. (laughs) It's because you've never really tried. You said, well, I prayed for this one. How many times? <laughs> how many people have you prayed for? How many people have you stepped out for? You know, if you don't pray for the sick, you'll never see them heal. <laughs> you know, I look for opportunities to pray for the sick, and I sometimes say, is it okay if I practice on you? Because every time I pray for people, I learn something more about how God heals people. If you never pray for the demonized, you'll never see people set free early on this is one I definitely avoided because it creeped me out but you know I've practiced I've learned so much from people like Angela And and you know if you were standing next to me as I cast out a demon you'd hardly know it was happening because most weeks we pray for people and they get set free and they don't even know they don't have any power you know all authority has been given to Jesus and he sent us So they don't even need to shriek and shout and make a noise. Mostly people just cough. (laughs) If you never share the gospel, you'll never see anybody saved. Do you want to encounter an angel? Do something risky. That's when they turn up. If you're not doing anything risky, they get bored and they go somewhere else. So are you ready to step out? You know, every prayer you pray for a sick person is taking a risk. Every prophecy you bring, every time you share the gospel, every time you decide to live courageously as a Christian, you are taking a risk. Every time you decide to live for God today, you are taking a risk, and His kingdom comes through you. It starts at home, it starts in the secret place, it starts with a lifestyle of worship, it starts with just hanging out with him, getting to know him, growing in our awareness of his presence. Prioritise that, start there. But the risks will come, because he will compel you. See, we don't need to prioritise the miracles when we prioritise his presence, because the miracles just come. So I'm calling, I feel a real commission on me to, to call out some presence carriers today. I know we're running late, the whole thing's run late today. But I reckon we could push it for five minutes and Becky Floyd would forgive me. She just nodded, so that's good. But I feel called to commission some presence carriers today. Let's just pray, shall we? Do you know if I said, Who wants to see miracles? everybody would put their hands up. If I said, Who wants to be a presence carrier and pursue Him and give that time, you'd have to weigh it a bit more because there's a cost. And I'm not being flippant in saying that. There is a cost to this. This means prioritizing him and his presence. I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. And I believe the Holy Spirit is just going to rest on certain ones. And it's like he's going to tap you on the shoulder and say, I want you. <laughs> and as you feel his touch on you, why don't you just stand and it's not for me. It's between you and God. And when you stand, I will pray for you. But it, or somebody's already standing. As He just comes on you, He's just going to come on various ones right now. Holy Spirit, we just release you. Come. I'm going to stop talking. Or you just come and do what you want to do. I, I pray, Lord, for the calling of presence carriers right now. I commission. I commission this church to carry the presence of God well to host him well. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just come, Holy Spirit. Here I am, Lord. Lord, forgive me if I've grown cold or if there's any lukewarmness in me. Lord, would you set us on fire again to pursue you with all of our hearts? Would you blow on the fire in our hearts again? Will you commission us again? Will you be gracious to us like that, Lord? Thank you, Lord. Lord, would you give us the desire for it? A desire to read your word, a desire, Lord, because we only love you because you first loved us. So, Lord, you can do this too. Holy Spirit, will you come again? Will you touch more people now? you know that response alone is enough (laughs) just thinking what should I do now but actually you've stood and that's enough that's what here he comes he's coming more now fresh anointing now. just receive the Holy Spirit receive him embrace him thank you Holy Spirit come more now Jesus said my father will send the Holy Spirit father Will you send the Holy Spirit through Jesus in a greater measure, Lord, than some of us have ever known before? Holy Spirit, will you catch us up again? Do you know, even if you don't know Jesus yet, you can feel his presence right now. His presence is tangible. Sometimes it feels like just a weight in the room. Sometimes it's just a piece If you're feeling that right now, why don't you just whisper to him, say, Holy Spirit, will you come on me too? Thank you, Jesus. He'll heal you. He'll change your life from the inside out. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just all stand together, shall we? I'm going to pray a blessing over you. Father, I pray that we would have a touch of your presence this week, each of us. I pray, Lord, that you would give us signs of your presence each of us as we go into our workplaces as we phone family members as we connect with neighbours as we go into the shops Holy Spirit will you break out through us and Lord will you change the world through us because Lord you are really worth talking about yes. We've really got something to boast about. It's you. The fact that I'm forgiven. The fact that I have peace in my heart is enough. Well, what a privilege to know you. (laughs) Wonderful Lord. And as our country at the moment is in such disarray. Such a lack of peace. Oh, Father, send us peacekeepers into the world to... To cause your kingdom to come, even in this mess. In fact, especially because of this mess. Father, people are so ready to talk at the moment. Enable us to talk about Jesus. You are the king over this nation. And you are the king over the whole universe. And we know you. (laughs) So we have a phenomenal advantage. Thank you for that, Father. And we ask you that many more will come to know you through this time of shaking in our nation and insecurity lord let us be presence carriers to a broken world father we give ourselves to you we commit ourselves again and lord we receive the commissioning of heaven and we go (laughs) we go out into all the world and we take you with us thank you lord jesus amen